Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 60 of the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louisa Nicola. I am your host. And today I have Brad Lee talking to us about mindset, success, education, and how to start a business from scratch using four core principles. Guys, if you've ever wanted to build a business, if you've got an idea that you want to put out there and you don't know how and you're suffering in any aspect, even if it's financial, Brad and this episode is the one to listen to because Brad is a self-made entrepreneur. He's got over 25 years of experience in sales and marketing. Now, here's the thing. After training and motivating thousands of people worldwide, Brad realized that he was spinning his wheels. He was traveling nonstop, saying the same thing over and over and over again with only one thing that was changing, and that was the faces in the room. In 2000, Brad decided to create a solution that would allow him to better train his clients and deliver the value he was being paid for. Well, Guys, he's going to teach us how to do that. And especially for anybody listening in the corporate space or even entrepreneurs, if you want to know how to train your staff, then listen in. Before we start the podcast, guys, if you're listening to this, I would absolutely love you to screenshot the episode, post it on your story on Instagram, tag the Diamond Boss, myself and Brad, um, and I will repost you. I will repost every single person who um, puts this on their story. Please do it. I'm trying to spread the word of the neuro experience. I'm trying to um, get the word out there. If you haven't subscribed, if you haven't um, left a review, please do so. Uh, Your word of mouth means the absolute world to me. Your feedback means even more. I'm excited. Um, All right, Brad, let's go. I gather from everything that you've been doing on social and how great your company's going. And uh, mind you, with the testimonials that you've gotten from some of the best people like Grant Cardone, I know that you believe that biography doesn't mean everything and uh, you can achieve anything you want in life with having the right mindset. 1,000% mindset is key. Mm. How did you start off? Where, like, why don't you give us a brief background on your company and what you do now? Well, we started out about 20 years ago. I was actually in charge of a sales department for an organization, and I got really good at training and motivating salespeople and sales managers. And at one point, there was a really good guy worked hard as hell working in the in the service bay. So I, you know, kind of felt bad for him because, you know, he had a great family, two little kids, and they're always kind of, you know, timid and shy and, and, and didn't, didn't really seem as proud as they should be because man, this guy was a hard working individual. So I took him under my wing and kind of taught him how to be a salesperson. And, you know, quickly thereafter, he started making more money and, you know, holding his head up higher and his wife was happier and his kids were more, you know, proud it seemed and it just got me hooked so I thought Mm -hmm. man I want to start a training company so I went out on the road to start a training company and because I wanted to help people make more money and live better lives so ultimately and I had the knowledge to 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 do it and and you know I was very successful at doing it on a regular basis working at this company Mm -hmm. so as I went out on the road to to basically do it on a bigger scale I quickly realized that it wasn't working and I couldn't figure out why so I did a little research and I found four key ingredients to training somebody effectively keyword being effectively and when I realized it, it's like, well, then I'm not going to be able to train live and actually deliver the results. So I had a moral dilemma. I, I, I can either keep charging companies five or $10,000 a day and not train their people because you can't train them, like effectively train them live. So I looked around for a solution and there wasn't one. So I created one for myself and it worked incredibly well. And it was, there was nothing like it in the world. And I started showing a few other people that were, you know, wanting to help people learn things and they started to adopt it and then it blew up from there. Wow. How did you, you know, it's all well and good when you you give us that helicopter story, but what I'm really fascinated about is how you actually gained the clients. Like what does somebody do when they 
first decide, okay, great, I'm really good at this. I'm working for somebody else. I want to work for myself. How do you go out and actually hunt for your clients? It's not difficult. It's just work. And again, I mean, at the end of the day, if you show a million people your product and nobody likes it, well, then maybe it's your product. But Mm. a lot of times people go out with that mindset and end up like quitting too early because they only showed X amount of people when in reality, it's kind of a numbers game, right? So I believed in the product and that's a mindset. You know, if you have belief in yourself or belief in your product or, you know, you want to stand up for something you believe in, you know, you have a lot more determination and you're, you find yourself far more successful in anything that you do when you have that mindset. And I just had it because I knew you couldn't train people effectively in a live environment unless you were there full time. See the four ingredients that, that are necessary with any training program. If you want it to actually be a training program, see a lot of companies are training people, but they're not actually training people. They're, Mm. they're exposing people. Mm. And if you want to actually train them, you need these four key ingredients, good content, Okay, so this is, let's go the, by these one by one. Let's go with good content. Is this across the board for any type of training, no matter whether it's sales training, finance? Uh, Period. P- any type of training. Anybody can adopt these four principles. Well, they have to if they want to actually train somebody and get them to actually learn and have a deep understanding of what's required and the skill to do it. So right. it doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter. Like you can be, you know, anything it's these four ingredients are necessary in order to actually train somebody. You can pretend you're training somebody, but not be training them. Right. Mm. So good content is the first ingredient. You need good content because if you train somebody effectively to do it wrong, they'll do it wrong. Mm. So you have to have the right information to begin with, right? But it's not just the right information. The next thing you're going to need is repetition. Repetition is key to learning. That's why school was 12 years, not 12 days. See, that's why back in high school, we all understood fractions. Now, 20 years later, only 10 out of seven people understand them. Wow. It's, um, you know, it? rep- I understand what you just said, 10 out of seven. I'm like, what I um listen I I'm very big on repetition I speak about it immensely especially when it look you know um when you look at the brain and how we're wired and how you're creating new habit and it's just it's all about repetition but here's the thing that that saying practice makes perfect I don't agree with that I think it's perfect practice makes perfect because if you're practicing the wrong thing the wrong method even if it's a swinging a baseball uh, a baseball bat then you're effectively creating a bad habit. So yeah, you well, know. you're making my case. That's the good <laughs> content part, and then and then the repetition part is like you know how many times have we said our ABCs? Why didn't we just say them once and and learn them? Because you don't learn once, and a lot of companies are out there thinking they're training their people when in reality they're not. They're exposing their people to information, and then they're baffled as to why they're not catching on, and their turnover is high, and their success rate is low, and it's because they're not really training. Imagine going to the doctor to get a shot of penicillin, and he just squirts it next to your arm. Mm. And then your your friend says, how's the penicillin working? And you would say, it's not working. And it wouldn't you wouldn't even know you're actually not doing it. So it, it, at the end of the day, repetition is definitely required. And then you're going to need practice. You know, practice will allow someone to to become competent. And competent is how you get confident. Mm -hmm. And every company wants to, you know, figure out how to make all their employees completely confident and sure of themselves and know things. Like when you know something, you, you just have a different demeanor about you. You're able to help customers better, help yourself better, help the world better. So how do you get confident? Well, you have to, A, believe in yourself. You have to have the right mindset. And, and, and usually, you know, uh, prior wins increase your confidence. And so you have to be competent, which comes from practice and role playing. So that has to be there. And then you have accountability. Mm-hmm. You not only have to hold yourself accountable, 
but but someone has to be able to inspect what they expect. I need to know if you've actually learned the information because most companies, again, they'll set you down, watch a video and, and check a box that say you've been trained. When you haven't, you've been exposed. They don't even know if you've actually learned the material. See, a lot of these antiquated LMS software that's on the market, they're seeing if you watched a video. Well, just because you watch a video doesn't mean you learned it. I mean, I watch mixed martial arts. It doesn't make me a black belt. Mm. You know, I watch a lot of golf. It doesn't help my game one damn bit. So at the end of the day, watching isn't the key. So when you figure it out like I did, and I had to learn it the hard way. In fact, I had to learn everything the hard way, which is why my new book coming out is called The Hard Way. Plus, <laughs> I live in Vegas, so it sounds kind of cool for yeah, the craps game. But it really does. Anyway, the... You know, I had to learn everything the hard way. So I had to learn the hard way uh, how to train somebody. And ultimately, these four ingredients are necessary. Just like if you bake a cake. Mm. You ever bake a cake? Yes. I'm very good. Okay. Okay. Go bake a cake and this time leave out the flour or or the egg. Just leave it out. Don't, Don't put it in there. And then throw it in the oven and you might get something out of the oven, but it won't be a cake or what you expected as a cake. So... When you leave out repetition, you're doing the same thing with training. When you leave out accountability, you're doing the same thing. And when you leave out the good content, you're doing the same thing. So these companies, 92% of companies and startups and monsters, it doesn't matter, billion-dollar companies, they think they're training their people. They're spending money to train their people. They're spending time to train their people, but they're not actually training their people. Right. They're just exposing their people. So what do you mean by can we just stop you, and, any, and what do you mean by exposing? Exposing well, like who I they really are. I expose you to some information, right? Okay. I share some information with you. I'm just exposing you to it. I'm not training you on it. Mm. Oh, that's that is that's very very important because I've worked in the corporate world. I've worked as a high school teacher before, and now I'm in the. Um, you know, I'm in the space of, with, of working with athletes. And I remember when I was in the corporate world and we'd get sales training, but I never agreed with it because I'd be getting sales training from my my manager who was not selling as much as me. So it was really hard to adopt his methods when I was beating him by about 20 sales a month. And our, we didn't even yeah. have a, a, you know, a, a sole purpose of training it was just okay let's have our morning meetings and let's just do it as it comes so it's very ad hoc our training so I guess when it's more inconsistent and when it's more linear like what you've just um you know the four steps that you've just discovered it makes it much more I guess easier and yeah effective easier effective um and it would really help an employee but I want to know how long does it take for an employee to really understand and go through these four steps? Well, that's a loaded question because mm-hmm. everybody's different. It'll, it might take someone else longer to understand and learn than it does somebody else. So there is no way to know that, which mm-hmm. is why you leverage technology. So the technology will be as patient as necessary for some and will speed people along through the rest, which is why our company blew up. I mean, our interactive training and communication technology is the only one like it on earth. It adapts the content to the individual. It doesn't force the individual to adapt to the content because Mm -hmm. people are different. They learn different. They have different personality styles, different interests. And you can't just, you know, have a one-size-fits-all system. So that's the problem with our education uh, system. You know, it forces uh, all the kids to adapt to the curriculum. And quite frankly, it's been probably, you know, 30, let's see, how old am I? 30 years since I left school. And let me tell you something, I've never used 90% of the information they forced me to learn. You know, how often do you use quadratic equations? How often do you use the fact that George Washington had wooden teeth? (laughs) How much, how, how many times have you used a lot of the information that you've learned in school? Very little, but yet they don't care. They don't update the curriculum. They don't depend on who's, who you are, what role you're going to play in life, what your interests are, what your background is, what your conditions are. So at the end of the day, what do you do to fix that? Well, ultimately you try to adapt the curriculum to the individual. So to answer your question, there is no answer. How long Mm -hmm. does it take? It takes as long as it takes. The question is, is who are you training? Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? It's interesting because I think that when going through this method, a corporation can look at employees and figure out whether they're on the bus or whether they're off the bus. Correct. Yeah, it's um, changing the education system, though, is something that I think there's a lot of controversy around that, especially when it comes to, to the public and private system. And I, too, agree with you when I say that the education system is built for um, a world in 1999 and we really haven't updated it. No matter where in the world you are, it is very sit down, chalk and talk, you know, just let me put some things up on the board. You just rewrite it and regurgitate it in a in an essay or in a in an exam and a lot of the kids are leaving without any knowledge of how to operate in the real world um and then when you look at athletes let's let's take a a look at athletes because i'm i'm pretty sure that we can we can put this principle to a coach and they can you know coach an nfl star just by going through these um four steps i think that you know, athletes now, um, professional athletes have all got expiration dates. And if they're not working on who they are, figuring out their finances, getting some education behind them, you know, just one concussion or one um, bone breakage, they can be out of a job. And then what you find is that instead of, you know, becoming something amazing or starting a business or, or progressing onto another career, they spend their life going in and out of rehab because they haven't really learnt anything else other than how to throw a ball. So have you seen this work in any other places other than the corporate world or the startup world? Well, of course we have. I mean, let's take a look at the military. Let's take a look at professional athletes. Let's take a look at anyone professional in the world. Mm. How do you think athletes get so good? Because they're trained. They're, yeah. they're trained. They go to practice every day. There's repetition. They're held accountable by their teammates their coaches, their their loved ones. I mean, there's accountability. And then, of course, obviously, they have some of the top, you know, content in the world when it comes to training professional athletes. Look at the military. You know, why don't they just sit you down and watch a video of a war and then give you a gun and tell you to go do it? No, you have to train. You have to train, drill, practice, and rehearse, and then you become a, a trained killing machine. And not only that, in basic training, they're not teaching you how to be a sniper. You know how long sniper school is? You know how long specialized uh, you know, MOSs in the military are? So there's military, there's athletes, there's anywhere. It's, it's proven every day, every world. I mean, you didn't learn your ABCs in one day because you didn't have those four ingredients in order to learn you need those four but here's a bigger question why you you touched on it why would you want to learn sales from someone that doesn't know sales Mm. well that's our education system what would you rather learn would you rather learn how to build a company from someone who built one making a hundred million dollars a year or a professor that was taught by a professor who was taught by a professor who was taught Mm. by a professor who's never built crap Mm. they just they just you know read about it. Well, listen, with nowadays, especially the technology like Lightspeed VT, I can connect you with people that are actual experts, not people that were trained by a textbook. So when you go to college and get in debt $100,000, you're learning in, in a lot of cases from a professor. And I don't mean to you know bag on professors, but at the end of the day, unless they've built a $100 million company, I'd much rather learn from the person out there doing it. Well, I can show people how to make interactive courseware that adapts to the individual and tap them right into the subject matter expert, which goes back to the good content. So if you're at school, I'm not saying there's no good content in school. Obviously, there is. But at the end of the day, you know, your professor for business communications may not be the best person to tap into, but that's all the college has to offer. Why? Mm. That college could reach out and, and, and have Elon Musk, Bill Gates you know, all these powerful people that have actually done it. And you know how much you learn more when someone has actually been through the grinder? Like, you know, I don't consider myself a, you know, an expert by any means, give me another 10, 20 years. But at the end of the day, I've coached and mentored people to start and run a business that normally would have been out of business because of all the hard lessons I've learned. And I've gotten them to avoid them. Even sometimes it's not what you learn that matters. It's what you need to unlearn that matters. You've been taught some crap growing up. You know, money doesn't make you happy. Be patient. Um, You know, there's just all these nonsense lessons that we've been taught all our life. 
And ultimately, sometimes it's not what you need to learn. It's what you need to unlearn. And so what are some of the lessons that you've had to learn and unlearn? Because I'm sure you've probably had a lot of challenges through your day. So what's been the biggest, I guess, turning point for you? You know, there's been so many. It's 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 <laughs> unbelievable. So like this individual that was like really um, – you know, hard working guy, great ethics. You know, we're told all you have to do is work hard. Mm. All you got, if you want to succeed, just work hard. That mm. that's not true. That's not true at my all. My dad, yeah, my dad was a hard worker. He he could barely afford to get us Christmas presents every year. Barely could afford to you know get us new shoes every school year. In fact, there's a lot of years we had to wear the same sh- shoes from last year. Why? Because he couldn't afford to buy us all the fancy crap that everybody else had. So we'd go to school and get laughed at and, you know, you got to deal with that as a kid. Why? He was a hard worker. He probably worked 12 hours a day at the mill. He'd come home dead tired. Okay. He had ethics, never did anybody wrong. He -hmm. did all the things that that you're taught. All you need to do is this, this, and this. He did them all and it didn't work. And there's a lot of hardworking people out there that are getting nowhere. Mm -hmm. Why? I thought all you had to do was work hard. I thought all you had to do was do the right thing. No, you have to have the right knowledge. You have to have the right knowledge. So that's when I started out my company. My mission was to live in a world where success is normal. I want to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. And I needed a technology to do that. And I built Lightspeed for that. And that's what our mission is today. We are constantly looking for the people who have the knowledge to get it to the people who need the knowledge so we can live in a world where everyone's more successful. And when you break that down, it's crazy because everyone has knowledge and everyone needs it, which means everyone needs available. We've got the internet now. You don't have to go to school anymore and get a PhD. You can literally learn and get so much knowledge just by reading something, by reading a book or by, you know, listening to you, for example, in your podcast. Yeah, let me ask you this. Would you rather go to a church where the pastor read the Bible once or a lot? A lot. See, there's repetition. Would you rather go to a cosmetic surgeon who's done the procedure once oh, or no. many times? Listen, I'm the type okay, of girl Okay, so again, who... there's that repetition again. I mean, yeah. you, can, you look everywhere and you'll see evidence of what I'm saying. The problem is, is people don't understand it because for so long we've been doing it the same way. Well, guess what? I can get a little knowledge Uh, without all those ingredients. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you want to effectively train somebody, which happens to be one of the biggest, you know, ROI you can make or, or, or get from an investment. Um, if you actually want to train people, you need a learning technology that was designed to do, get the job done. Most of the online training systems that are on the market, they're not actual learning technology designed to learn, to get people to learn, they're actually just hosting solutions to, mm. to, to store videos and PowerPoints and crap like that. Well, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you watch the video, it matters if you understood the video. Mm. So we just took it to the next level and, and crazy enough, nobody's, nobody's ever caught on. So it's kind of a blue ocean with us. Everybody I show and explain, they kind of just sign up. Mm. So right now, you know, we're looking for everybody. And the reason why is, Everybody has knowledge. Like there might be someone out there that knows how to grow bigger tomatoes and there's someone out there that needs to know how to grow bigger tomatoes. It could be a matter of eating or not eating. It could be a matter of survival. So at the end of the day, man, everyone has knowledge and the same person that knows how to grow bigger tomatoes may not know how to sell bigger tomatoes. Or even So now they need knowledge. So now I go find another person that knows how to sell and close deals. Then I need to find someone that knows how to save the money on taxes and somebody that knows. I mean, everyone has knowledge and everyone needs knowledge, which is why my mission's so big. I want to fix poverty. I want to make it to where the 1% is actually 99%. And how do we do that? We got to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. And you can't do that manually. You can't do that any other way than digitally. And what's crazy is, you know, there's only two kinds of companies that are going to be left here in the future. It's the ones that use technology or ones that make it. All the rest will be out of business. So you either use it or you make it. Otherwise, you're going out of business. Now, if you don't believe me, there's a great video on this subject. You just go down to Blockbuster and pick it up. 
do they still exist? <laughs> exactly. See, they, 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 they were resistant to technology. They weren't making it and they weren't using it. So guess what? See ya. Isn't that the same that goes for social media? I hear so many people, especially, you know, I hear entrepreneurs who bag social media and say it's this, it's that. But you know what? You either have to get on board with it because that's the world that we're living in. It's not saying that it's good or bad. It, you can be, it can be used for good. That Yes, there is some bad to it, but I just don't no, understand the entrepreneurs. There's 100% good. Uh, the people who don't get on board with it and who are resistant to it because you can't change it. It's, it's part of our world. And if you don't get on board now, I don't know where you'll be in five, ten years' time. Right. Well, I would disagree that there, it's good and bad. It's not bad in any way. It's 100% good. And again – if you don't know how to use it, that's bad. And again, that's because you don't have the right knowledge. But it, it, it it's the new television, right? Mm. So, I mean, if I want to uh, complain about a product where someone ripped me off, social media, I'm connected to, you know, a lot of people. And the, the whole world's connected now. Mm. So social media is very good. If I want to start a business, social media is the best, quickest way to get the word out. If I want to raise awareness, it's the best, quickest way to get the word out. It's the new TV. It's the new newspaper. I mean, before you would need a television to, to get the word out to the masses. Now, television and the media are controlling what we hear, what's the truth, what's not the truth. Social media is direct connection to other people in the world. And if we could just learn how to master it, that's the power. If we could all unite as a people, you know, there would be zero corruption anymore in the governments and, and whatnot, because technically, according to the rules, we, the people are supposedly in control, but we're not because they keep us segmented and they keep us, you know, from, from understanding what's really going on. So social media could fix that if we knew how to use it right. But again, you need the right knowledge to learn how to leverage it. I know people that are making $100 million a year leveraging social media. How come you and I aren't making $100 million a year leveraging it? Well, it's because we don't have the right knowledge. Now, so if, so if, if I can just accomplish my goal and make sure that we get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it, it is going to revolutionize and change the world. It'll change poverty. It'll change education and it'll change lives. And that's, that's what I'm out to do. See, I agree with you with everything. I agree on the knowledge aspect, the content aspect, the repetition, the accountability. I agree with all of that. And yes, it has, um, consistent merit and, I'm all for it. But there is one thing that I think that if you don't have, you can't actually achieve any of that. And it's, it's mindset. It comes, I'm not saying you have to have mindset. It's the mindset that you have, because without the right mindset, you won't learn the content. You won't persevere. You won't even pick up a book or, um, contact a person to gain the knowledge. So you, you speak so often about knowledge and also about leveraging social media. But what if with social media, someone is, oh, I'm too scared to put up a video because of what other people think. So therefore it's not the knowledge. They may have the knowledge, but they're too scared to actually go out and use it. Right. Well, then they're lacking the other knowledge, which is you shouldn't be afraid. Too many people are afraid to take a chance because they fear what people will think. Mm. They fear losing something that they don't have currently. Like, why would you be afraid to let go of what you have if you don't want it? Too many people are like, I, I'm my, my life sucks. I want a better life. Well, go out and do this. No, what if I fail? <laughs> well, bro, you're failing now. Mm. Like at the end of the day, don't be afraid to let go of what you have to try and get what you want. Because if you fail, you're just going to end up where you are now. So what? Um, you know, the mindset is critical. And because if you don't believe it can happen, it, it, it won't. And I always, I have a saying, I like to come up with my own, you know, uh, you know, Analogies. originals. Yeah. Well, just originals. Like people are like, I've never heard that. And it's like, cause I made that up. But I have, you know, a bunch of them, one of which is it doesn't matter how many people think you can't do it as long as you're not one of them. Mm. You've really, you mean you've got to believe in yourself first, regardless if the rest of the world is against you. Thousand percent. I mean, you know how many people told me I can't do what I'm, what I already did. You know how many people 
freaking didn't believe in it, didn't believe in the product, didn't believe in me, didn't believe in anything. And I didn't listen to any of them because I knew better. And how did I know better? I just knew. Now, if you said, well, how did you know? Well, I just knew. It's like, you know, the same thing, like, you know, give you an example. People believe money, you know, has value, right? Mm -hmm. And in reality, money has no value unless you use it. So if we believe and, and know for a fact that money has no value unless you use it, why is everybody saving theirs? Why is everybody saving their money? You're taught to save your money. You're taught to save your money for a rainy day. What the hell's wrong with a sunny day? Mm. You know, if you're afraid it's going to rain, if you're, if you're afraid it's going to rain, just follow the sun. At the end of the day, though, if you don't use your money, it's worthless. But yet everyone's saving it and they're stashing it like it's some sort of trophy. Like there's people that ask me, how do I grow my business? I say, well, how much money do you have in the bank? They're like, you know, I got 400,000 saved up. And I'm like, how do you grow your business? You, you use the 400000 that you have. And they're like, no, if I use it, I won't have any. That's a scarcity mindset. That's a limited mindset. I, I, spent, I, I use the money I get. Someone said the other day, how much do you have in savings? I don't have a savings account. Wow. I literally do not have a savings account where that's where I'm saving my money. Money is meant to be used. It's a tool to leverage to get more of it so you can leverage it to get more of it. And it's like a vicious cycle. You use the money and then you get more. Then you use the money and then you get more. And if you do it right, you end up with assets and, and cash flow. And pretty soon you have so much money, you're able to help other people. That should be the goal. I mean, the Bible says, you know, the, let the, you know, the cup overfloweth. Well, the problem is, is when the cup overfloweth, everybody just goes and gets more cups, you know, and let the runoff fill up more cups. It's like, listen, when your cup overfloweth, you're supposed to walk around and help fill up others cups. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. I think the more that you give, the better, you know, it's, um, I don't know whether it's karma or whether it's just, you know, you inside and how you work. I think the more that you give, whether it's money or help or knowledge in any way, shape or form, the better off you will be. And I think the more results that you produce for yourself, because it's a good feeling. Yeah. Well, guess what? That I can prove that. See, up till about 30 years old, when I started uh, Lightspeed, I was wanting to be successful and I was chasing success and it was all about me. You know, I wanted this and I wanted that. And how much could I get? It was all about me. Mm. And every day I got up chasing success, right? Just, I never gave up. Everybody says this. This is one of the things you need to unlearn. All I could think about every day is I, I, I. Well, as soon as I met this guy and I'm like, I want to help this guy. And so as soon as I stopped thinking about me and I wanted to help that dude live a better life, that's when I started Lightspeed. That's when the ideas started coming out, how to help other people. And as soon as I helped other people and was focused on helping others, that's when success started chasing me. That's when everything started to expand and unfold. And if you ask me, too many people in this world are trying to compete. And, you know, I believe in you. What I think is you should collaborate. Because when you collaborate, you add to what's in the, in the universe instead of subtract or compete for it. If you and I are competing for something, one of us is going to end up with it, which means you know, you're going to be without. But if we collaborate, we produce more. And when you produce more right, in the universe, you produce more of it. Mm. It's now abundant and you're adding to the abundance. Now, all of a sudden, I think you get rewarded. So I believe that 100%. You should be focusing on how to help other people. Most people ask me, how do you start a business? Well, first thing I do is tell them, find a problem to solve. Solve somebody's problem. You know, guess what? Most people are waking up in the morning trying to avoid problems, when in reality, problems is really what you want to look for. If you want to get good at something, you need those four ingredients. Well, if you need to be good at solving problems, why do you avoid them? You should be looking for them mm. and getting really good at solving them. You know, you want to make a million dollars, solve a million problems. If you want to make, you know, you, or you could solve a big problem. But at the end of the day, 
People avoid problems when in actuality, that's what you need to be looking for. People are looking to be comfortable when in reality, the growth comes from being uncomfortable. You need to seek discomfort and we're taught to seek comfort. You know, you need to seek discomfort. When you go to a gym, you, you do one curl. That's not uncomfortable. Mm. Do 30. That's uncomfortable. What mm. works? One or 30? 30. 30. If you're laying in a bed in the morning and it's nice and warm and cozy, what do you want to do? Oh, Lay there, stay there. Go nowhere. <laughs> but if you wake up and the bed's cold and wet and uncomfortable, what do you want to do? Get up and move. Take action. Mm. Discomfort is what you need in your life. And most people are seeking to be comfortable, which is crazy because if you want comfort, seek discomfort. Yeah. it's. I love how you don't just speak to the people who come to you and say, listen, I've got half a million dollars to start a business. Because in, in reality, and now that I'm you know, from originated Sydney, Australia, now living, living in New York, I'm seeing a lot of people who, the majority of people who want to start businesses really don't have any capital. And I saw a post that you put up about the, the Fiji water. You know, you can buy it for a dollar, um, sell it for $2, and then hire somebody who's going to sell it for you and they get the 50 cents and you get the 50 cents. Um, it's just about looking at it differently. So if somebody comes to you and says, you know, Brad, I want to start a business. I want to start, I don't know, whatever it is they want to start. And they've got no money, no capital. They're young. They're in their thirties, which is where most of my listeners are. What's the advice you'd give them? To find a problem to solve and then start a business based on it, charge more, to solve the problem than it costs you to do and then and then just start. Just go I mean, again, out. too many people want to think about everything. You know, they want to read a million books before they do anything. Look, mm. uh, you have to do something. You know how much you learn by doing it? So you need to go out there and take your lumps. You're just afraid. So I would tell them, don't be afraid. The worst thing that could happen is you end up back where you started which is where you are now. So there is no possible thing to lose. It's like asking a girl out on a date. I've seen a million guys so afraid to walk up and ask a girl out because she might reject them. And I'm sitting there looking at them like, bro, you don't have her now. Mm. Like you're not going to go ask her out because of the possibility she might not. Well, that's where you are right (laughs) now. So the only way it can happen is if you go ask her out. Yeah. I hear you. I completely agree. It's so starting a business is no different. You just got to start now. The better your idea, the better your network, the better your relationships, the better your ability, the better your mindset, the quicker it's going to happen for you. If I could start light speed all over, I could do it in three years. What I've, what it took me 20 to do. I didn't understand culture. I didn't understand the value of processes, you know, Mm. and then when you start to scale, if you don't have processes in place, you're going to scale chaos and you can't scale chaos or you'll implode. Mm. So at the end of the day, I had to learn all these things where if I could go back and do it again, uh, I'd either already be a multi-billion dollar company or I would have, I would have achieved what I've taken 20 years to do in a matter of three to five years max. Um, I believe relationships are the new economy too. Don't yeah. put, don't put money over relationships. Don't, don't like want the money worse than you want the relationship because you're going to end up broke. I, I just came out with a saying, if you value money over relationships soon, you'll have neither. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, no, look, I, I learned that the hard way. My mentor told me around four years ago, um, when you meet somebody and it's, you know, through business networking, don't go in straight away in, you know, for the, you know, tell them about your product or your service and don't try and sell to them. Always build the relationship first because you never know in a year, two years, three years, um, they could just naturally come to you for your service. And you know what? That's really happened to me. There's been a lot of people now that I've known for two, three, four years and they're introducing me to other people saying, Louisa, I've met this person. I think he could really benefit from your service. And, you know, that's without me having to even cold call or sell or, or, you know, or market. It's just because of these relationships I build. Um, That's right. So I was on LinkedIn and there was this massive topic going around about cold calling. And it got me thinking because in 2018, there's a lot of people who are 
think that you don't need to cold call anymore because of the way the internet works. What do you think about cold calling, whether you're trying to sell a service business or a product business, um, whatever that is? Well, I think you do what it takes. And if that's cold calling, then you should rather than not. However, if you have the right knowledge, you do not need to cold call. You ideally want them to call you. An inbound lead is far better than a cold lead. Mm. So at the end of the day, if you understand marketing and understand social media and understand the, the, if you have the right knowledge, I would never cold call and I would never expect anybody to. The reason why people have to cold call is because they don't know how to generate inbound traffic. Mm. So if you know how to generate inbound traffic, why would you ever cold call? My salespeople, if they ever don't have anyone to talk to, well, then absolutely I expect them to cold call. But at the end of the day, I'm not reliant on cold calling and I don't prefer it. And it's not required if you have the right knowledge. Oh, that's brilliant. It's, um, it's the marketing knowledge right now in terms – I mean you can get so many – Yeah, you know you, – you know, sorry to interrupt you, but do you know who keeps saying that cold calling is so important? Mm, Gary The v? people trying to sell you a cold calling course. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they're telling you that it's necessary. Well, it's not necessary. Just because you're doing it doesn't mean you need to do it. I mean, the, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, why do they – you know, say that the people that tell you that cold calling is necessary are the people trying to sell you a cold calling course. Mm. And I guess, okay, so we've got all the ingredients. We know the four steps. We know how to train somebody when it comes from a corporate level. We know that mindset is included. Say somebody's been through this, they've got all the knowledge, they've done the repetition. Where does somebody lose? Because you see a lot of people who have built million dollar companies and they just don't sustain it and then they go bankrupt or dead broke and where do you, what do you think happens there if they've done everything right leading up to that moment people don't go broke doing everything right so, there's no such thing if you do everything right you you don't go broke you know i think i think someone violated one of those principles at some point in time um whether it be you know, they didn't build the relationship. They, they, they took money over, over the relationship or the value They you know, they violated something or they didn't, they didn't pay attention. I mean, there's more, there's more things that you need to do. You know, you need to pay attention to what's going on. You know, if, if, you know, like Blockbuster, they weren't paying attention. Mm. They didn't leverage technology. They didn't change with the times. You can go out of business that way. Um, most startups that I see, most millennials that are out there trying to, you know, start up a business, if I could give them any advice, it would be to think bigger. I mean, it, 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 people are like really setting a goal at, you know, I can't wait for a million dollars. Well, making a hundred million dollars takes the same amount of effort. Mm. So think bigger, move faster. People tell you to have patience. How many times has people told you patience is a virtue? See, this is another one of those unlearned things. Patience. There is nothing good about patience. Now, Ooh, you've got to talk underst- to Gary V. You guys would have a great conversation. Well, I would, I would, um, e- eventually he would, he and I would agree because <laughs> what I'm saying is, and what he's saying is not really what he, what he means. Like he's saying, have patience. What he means is realize that things take time and yes, things do take time, but having patience, if you look up the word, it basically says that you can experience delay trouble and pain without becoming upset. Well, I would disagree that you want to do that. I would say that you should be upset every second you are not where you want to be. If you do, if you don't have the weight where you want it, be upset. Drive yourself. Have zero patience. You know, patience can kill you. It's one of the chapters in my book. Um, when I was about three and a half years old, apparently I got up underneath the sink and drank turpentine. My parents came home, saw me on the floor, blue, technically dead. They, oh they God. rolled me into the emergency room. The nurse, you know, seeing my condition, ultimately told my dad to have a seat and she'll get somebody. He was screaming. She said, have patience. Well, um, my dad kicked in the door and started screaming for help. Doctors rushed over, you know, did what they did. And clearly I survived. However, the doctor also told my dad afterwards, if you would have waited another five minutes, this kid would be dead. 
ironically, um, when my son was born, he was in a car seat that was faulty, which resulted in him falling out of it. Well, he fell out of the car seat, bumped his head pretty darn hard. So we took him to the emergency room. He wasn't crying. There was no blood. Um, and the nurse told us to have a seat and be patient. The doctor will see him when they can. You know, she even pointed out all the other crying children and said, you know, they're they're crying and yours is fine. So just be patient. My wife at the time decided to do what my dad did. She kicked in the door. Doctor came over, said what happened. Boom. Put him in for a CAT scan. He was in full-blown brain surgery within 30 minutes. And the the brain surgeon came out and said, if if you would have waited another 20 minutes, you would have a dead child. So there's two examples in my own life where patients would have killed us. Mm. Okay. Patients can kill your business. Procrastination can kill your business. Do not be patient. Get up off your ass and go get what you're wanting to get and do not settle. Do not stop. Do not be up. You know, do not be calm about it, be obsessed about it and go after it every single second of every day. It doesn't mean don't realize that stuff takes time. I mean, you, 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 you know, things take time. Mm. So be aware that it takes time, but do not under any circumstance have patience. It's patience in the Give long that. run, but every single day go as fast as you yeah. can. Yeah. So everyone that's listening to this, I want you to tag Gary V. And again, I love Gary V. I mean, someone asked me the other day, what do I think of his, you know, garage sailing stuff? And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, it's great for people that, you know, don't have anything better to do than make $8 on a coffee mug and a teddy bear. But at the end of the day, you know, there's people like that. So I'm, Mm. I like Gary V because he's helping people or at least he's wanting to, but when it comes to patience, I wholeheartedly disagree. I'd love to have a debate with him. So why do you think he's doing that then when he could be spending his time, you know, with his $100 million business? Why is he wasting time? Is it for, you know, is it for his market? Is it that, is that what you're meant to be doing on social media, doing things that for your in market to do better in? Like where's the, you know, where's the sense in that? Well, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I think he's trying to help people realize that, hey, you need to take some sort of action, even if it's garage selling, making five bucks on different items and flipping them. Mm. You know, he's he's reducing it to the ridiculous. So nobody has the excuse that you can't make money because Mm. he's doing it by simply going to a garage sale, buying something for a dollar and selling it for four. On the other hand, you know, I have a lot better things to do than go garage selling. Number two, he likes garage selling. He, it's a, it's a thrill for him. So he's doing what he loves. He's helping people understand a principle and he's ultimately proving it, which I admire about him. He's not talking about it. He's not claiming to teach you how to do, he's doing it. Mm. And guess what? It does work, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate you go garage sailing. I would advocate that you take that time and build something that, that pays off a thousand times more. But to his defense, there's a lot of people out there making excuses. And listen, here's the bottom line. You can have millions of dollars or millions of excuses, but you can't have both. Ooh, that's fantastic. I like that one. Brad, you've, um, you've inspired me and I'm sure you're going to inspire all of my listeners. Now I've got one question for you. This is what I ask every single person at the end of my episodes. If somebody wants to dramatically increase their human performance, what is the one piece of advice that you could give them to implement today? Personal development, learn every day, seek out new knowledge. Don't be afraid to invest the time and money. Don't be so skeptical about courses and books and things that are out there and make sure that you actually train Mm -hmm. people. You cannot read a book once and get what you can get by reading it a thousand times. I mean the, even a book, like when people say, Oh, I read that book and I say once and they say, yeah, well then I already know that you didn't learn everything in the book. You, you, you should read a book so many times the pages are tattered. You should read a book so many times that that you could damn near recite what's on every page. That's when you've 
you know, really gotten the knowledge out of that book. You do the same thing with an online course. You do the same thing with anything. And then, you know, the next thing I would say is one of my favorite original quotes. You can't get rich making poor choices. Mm. You know, if you if you really want to be successful, you have to look at the choices you're making on a day-to-day basis. People don't realize how much uh, – damage can be inflicted to your own personal success by just underestimating the value of making a good choice. I mean, you can see the quality of a person's ability to make good choices by the, by their life, a homeless guy on the street, for example. Now, and I'm not talking about, there's always an exception to every rule, but a homeless person, they probably didn't make some good choices. There could be someone sitting in a prison wondering, how the hell did I get here? And when you trace it back, it, were, it was decisions. And it could be insignificant decisions. I'll give you an example. Guy sees a donut as opposed to an apple, chooses the donut. Big deal, it's a donut. Then he makes that choice a couple of days in a row and he starts to get a little fat. Well, happens to be married to someone that doesn't want to be with someone fat. Then the person leaves because they got fat because they made decisions to eat a donut and not go to the gym. Then they get depressed because the person left them. And then they decided to go to the bar to ease the pain and drink some booze. Then they decided to get in the car and drive home when they shouldn't have made that decision. And then they got in a crash and killed somebody. Then they're sitting in prison going, how the hell did this happen? Well, it happened because you made bad choices. If you really want to succeed in life, get really, really good at making choices and understand that even the insignificant ones matter. The smallest choices matter. That is absolute fire. Brad, when is this book of yours coming out? Because I want the first copy. I haven't made that choice yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where can we find out more about you then? I'm still writing it. I'm still writing it, but unlike a lot of the people that are out there in the world talking about it, I'm yeah. actually doing it. And, and, you know, it's like when I get time, um, I, I, I fit it in and I'm probably about 80% through the book. So then I want to go back through it and read it and, and make sure it's, you know, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. So I would say probably, uh, mid next year. Okay. I'll be and waiting I'll make sure for you, my I'll make sure copy. you get the first copy. <laughs> Thank you. Now, we're going to follow you. How do we get – where do we find you? Instagram, Facebook, what is it? Yeah, Instagram's my favorite personal one. I'm mm-hmm. always on it. I do stories. I drop knowledge. You know, I, I, I uh, do it all myself. So when you're talking to someone on Instagram, it is definitely me. Um, Facebook, not so much. I do check it once or twice every couple days. But Instagram is where I would follow me. YouTube is where I would follow me. And Twitter is where I would follow me. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to go and um, follow you on Twitter. And Brad, thank you so much for being on the Neuro Experience podcast. Thank you for having me.